0: We're standing here right now because we have one of them. Come after me!
1: I'm a man. I'm forty. It's garbage.
0: Loud noises. Good morning, afternoon, evening, brunch time, lunch time. Getting two head coaches in one coaching search time. Tennessee being Tennessee time. She no time. Whatever time of day it is, it's the right time for the Go Balls 24-7 podcast. West Rucker, Grant Ramey, Patrick Brown coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Here next to downtown Knoxville, Tennessee, Old North Knoxville, Tennessee. Talking Tennessee football today. We're recording this on a Tuesday. We'll probably also release it on a Tuesday because God knows what's going to happen between now and the time that we finish uploading this podcast. Because guys, what? A wild few days it has been. Even for Tennessee, this might this might take the cake. It really might.
1: I mean, I just sat there Sunday staring at my computer and my phone from roughly 10 a.m. to 1 a.m. just trying to, hey, keep
0: my head above water. And, <laughs>
2: and try to just comprehend.
0: Like, is this happening? Wait, hold on. I'm gonna go get more caffeine. Is it's this kinda, ha- is it, this still happening? It was kind
1: of like a uh, election night where you just watch the results come in. You just kept bothering people trying to figure out what was going on.
2: You you, you see you see tweets that oh they're they're finalizing a deal with Shana, and You're just like like are they, uh, is this real? Like are they are they actually about to do this? Because we all thought like beforehand like it would be a disaster if they tried or if they hired him. I don't think we anticipated happening. What what happened?
0: Yeah, I think, there's, so. I think there's a difference in sort of a normal kind of meltdown that we were expecting, and we would have expected if it had been Shiano to the, um, you know, Bolshevik Revolution that it was. That, was. that was something else. For those who live under a rock, brief summation of this, Greg Shiano is Ohio State's defensive coordinator now, used to be the head coach at Rutgers and for the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the NFL known as one of the better defensive minds in football. Got a lot of power brokers in the sport firmly in his corner. Also on his curriculum vitae, however, is a deposition that was unsealed last year where another coach, former Penn State coach, claims that another former Penn State coach told Shiano or Shiano told another former coach that he had seen Jerry Sandusky doing something he shouldn't have been doing with a small child and that Shiano has denied and that there's been nothing done about it in a court of law. I imagine everything in that Penn state case has been turned over pretty quickly in terms of anything they can get at this point with all that pressure, but still it's there. And Tennessee fans, who, as soon as they really started seeing that, Oh man, it got bad.
1: I mean okay, where are we where are we going to dive in here? Pick a spot. Okay, my thing is Tennessee should have never gone down this road. Correct. John Curry should have known better than to go down this road. Take away all the Penn State stuff, ignore it. It's not on the table. Greg Shiano is not your guy.
2: Shouldn't have been your guy.
1: Should not have been your guy. No. I mean, it's it's apparent Mullen was their guy and Mullen ends up at Florida. Maybe Scott Frost was somebody they would have targeted, but Scott tells people that it seems like he's headed towards Nebraska
0: if he leaves this year. You know, I was talking to one power broker in college football, a guy who knows a lot of people in a lot of places, one of those guys, and he said, point blank, if Tennessee thought that Florida was going to take Chip Kelly and leave Dan Mullen for them – Tennessee had no idea what was going on across the country because everyone and their mother knew Chip Kelly was going to prefer to go out west and wanted that UCLA job. Everyone and their mother apparently knew that. Uh, maybe Tennessee didn't. Maybe Tennessee did not think it. It, did it just think felt it. like a panic move. It well, did feel like that, didn't it? Well, it's clear. And it-, and
1: it wasn't panic in terms of they hadn't looked at Shiana. They didn't think he was – I mean, they had talked to him two and a half weeks ago, according to the Ohio State uh, Athletic Director Gene Smith. I mean that wasn't a panic move in that sense, but it felt like a rushed, uh, a rush to judgment. Like we got to get something done with this guy. No, nobody's coming after this guy. No. He's
0: sitting there for the taking if you want him.
1: But it's like it, Mike Canalis. Nobody was beating down his door yeah. in January.
0: Nobody was. Nobody was banging banging like, down the doors for Chico. Was, I mean,
1: nobody right now was beating down the door trying to hire Shiano. There's a lot of open jobs in the country.
2: Yeah, it's just the the, the question that that stems from all this is why was he that high up on Tennessee's? board, Because clearly he was. Yes. They made a run of Gruden. Uh, you know, we'd been told and had reported for weeks that Mullen and Frost were their pretty much their top two guys on the wish list. Well, yeah. when Frost tells Florida, no thanks. It's pretty pretty clear he's probably going to end up at Nebraska if they can get that deal done. Um, and then Mullen clearly was was the guy, but he was also stalling. He, I think he slow played Tennessee and waited to see what happened at Florida. And as soon as yes. Florida came calling, that was it was he was going to Florida. Uh, and, and I think even one of the, uh, even one of the Mississippi State radio guys tweeted uh, on Monday that Mullen was going to go to Tennessee until Florida called. So you you go from, uh, if those were your top guys, and, and like Grant said, why 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 did you feel a rush to to hire him Sunday, him being Greg Schiano, because nobody was telling you you have to have a deal done then just because Florida made a hire and. Uh, all these other you know A&M came open and Arkansas was open nobody was making you hire anybody that Sunday night
0: no they weren't and and maybe
2: Tennessee should have done what sometimes happens in these searches which is float his name out there see the reaction trial balloons they they exist yes and and as as Grant reported on Saturday night just as the Vanderbilt game was ending uh, has any game ever been forgotten more quickly than that one
1: that's one, one credit to Curry. He made Tennessee <laughs> fans forget about a 42-24 to loss to Vanderbilt yes, he did. at home. It and a 4-8 record and a winless 0-8 that, record in SEC play. Strategy Quicker than anyone could have possibly imagined.
2: But, Grant, you reported on Saturday night that people in the athletic department were telling Curry like it was unanimously negative yes, feedback. He went
1: around to senior administrators in the athletic department getting feedback on a handful of candidates, including Shiano. And it was n- awful, awful feedback on Shiano. And those people that he, those people that he went to, sourcing said, "This guy cannot be a realistic candidate."
0: Yeah, there there were a a few people that I spoke with who were current or current or former Tennessee Athletic Department employees, pretty high ranking, uh, males and females and people who have been around that department for a while, and they were furious. They were not just, I mean, they were frustrated, but more than that, they were just furious and bewildered that. This was allowed to happen. That that's how bad it was.
2: And and, and take away all the Penn State stuff, it would not have been a good fit. Correct. Because some people think that Chiano is just Butch Jones, who's been in the NFL. I mean, you you read some of the stories of what some of his players said when he was in Tampa Bay. You read the stories about him telling his guys to blitz both Manning brothers on a kneel down. You see that you know Tom Coughlin hated him. He, he was ruffling feathers with coaches and players in the NFL.
0: One of the few people Peyton Manning's ever cussed out.
2: Yeah, and you know you. you I know what he did at Rutgers, and his record at Rutgers is probably more impressive than it's given credit for. Because it's I mean it's Rutgers. Yes.
0: What are Rutgers? <laughs> I mean
2: they had had like you could count on one hand how many like winning seasons they had in like forty years before he got there, and he got had them. an eleven year uh, eleven win season there. But I just. And, and you know, the Penn State stuff—he's very loosely implicated there. Let's get that out of the way. And there's pro- there's probably a chance that, it, that that he was
0: not involved at all. Well, I mean, but, I s- but still, someone's mir- lying under oath at that point, which yeah. just, just seems weird. But yeah.
1: but the thing is, the reaction on Twitter on Sunday was that he was Joe Paterno in that mess. Yes, he Absolutely. was not. He was not Joe Paterno in that mess. He was hey. a 25-year-old young assistant starting his coaching career who did. Whatever, some, whatever he was did, probably or did terrified not do, of repercussions if he didn't do anything. But he was not. I don't think I mean, he was what he was made out to be. on Correct. The I mean, he.
0: It, let, let's be clear he, about that. Yes, he was not that.
2: He's loosely implicated in that. What is linking him to that awful scandal is secondhand hearsay, which would not hold up in any sort of criminal or civil court. And the people that have prosecuted that case to the wall never came after Shiana. However the fact that he was implicated in it at all should have been enough of a red flag for John Curry to be like, you yeah, know, we, we can't have this guy be our head coach. See, if was, he's a defensive coordinator, that's one thing. But if he's your head coach, even the fact that it, even the point zero zero whatever percent that he might have actually known something and not done something is something that it, it should have been enough for John Curry in Tennessee to be like, yeah, we can't hire this guy to yeah, be our head coach.
0: There was the thin skin stuff from Butch Jones that that made a comparison that, that Shiano was compared to. Then there was a fascinating Derek Dooley level uh, comparison that I heard. And this was like the third person I talked to about Shiano said, you haven't heard about the thermostat? I went, what are you talking about? And this person goes, yeah, was he kept the thermostat in the building at exactly 71.6 degrees or he would be furious. He would go ape on people It's like, huh? Boy, that sounds a lot like Derek Dooley, doesn't it? <laughs> that sounds like something duels would do. Is that trash can not where it's supposed to be? Is there is that light bulb out? Just I don't know about stuff. If you're gonna do that kind of stuff, you know who you better be? Nick Saban. If you're gonna do stuff like that, you better be Nick Saban, or you are not going to make you're not going to have anyone's respect I mean, or attention in that building.
1: Two thousand six Rutgers won eleven games. They won eight games the next two years. Uh two thousand eight, that's when Fulmer is fired, right? Yeah. If you hire Shiano then, it's probably a pretty good hire. I mean, the the Penn State stuff had not surfaced yet. Yeah. But that's a decade ago. I mean, still, ignore everything that was mentioned about Penn State. This is not the guy that – I mean, this is a major, major, major crossroads for Tennessee football.
0: Well, I will add this. I think you're right about that. But I will say this. If there are any fans – who just do not want to take the chance of having their football program connected in in any way, shape, or form with anything from that Penn State era, I have zero problem with that. Now, do I think some of that stuff was disingenuous? Yes, I do. And it was hateful disingenuous, which is worse. But I think there are a lot of people out there who genuinely got the the shakes uh, at the thought – of anyone associated with that Paterno-Penn State program being a part of the Tennessee program. And I, I frankly, I, I don't fault them for that, but I think Grant's point is still true.
2: Yeah, and honestly, it's, it's really not fair to Shiana that his name was just drugged through the mud like it was. Correct. On social media by Tennessee fans. But that didn't mean that he was In the fact, right person for
0: Tennessee to hire because of that.
2: Well, no, I, I, I'm saying that, you know, it's it's not – it wasn't fair to him for that to happen to him. I mean, Correct. for Tennessee fans to go paint on the rock that he covered up child rape at Penn State. That's That's ridiculous. Yes, Um, But that's not on him. I mean, he's just trying to advance his career as a football coach. He's trying to do what's best for him and his family. That's 100% on John Curry for not realizing that that would happen. That's 100% his fault. Or that it could happen. Or that it could happen, yes. And if you you really vetted him as much as you claim to have in the statement that you released on Monday, then you should have known and you should have listened to people in the athletic department. And, and, you know, all the national media has come at Tennessee's fan base the last – 48 hours and stuff about how they've handled it. But, and Grant, you pointed this out on Twitter, it was more the people whose opinions really matter. And that's not to say that the fans' opinions don't matter. But as boosters and donors and former players, they what they say carries more weight. Now, it, did Tennessee probably see what happened with its, you know, see the reaction from its fans and take that into account? Absolutely. Well, how if, do you not? And yeah. and that's uh, – and Andy Staples, hashtag TFP for life. TFP for life. Um, Wrote about how you know fans are sometimes the the customers that get overlooked a lot of times, and, and I don't think fine. they were overlooked here. But I think the assumption by a lot of uh, the the, na- the the lazy narrative from a lot of national media is that Tennessee fan base is crazy and they scared Tennessee into not making this deal, which is partially true, but not the entire truth. That's ignoring what everyone in the athletic department was saying, how they reacted before Curry tried to hire him, and after he did try
0: to hire him. Well, here, here's my here's my problem. Picture in your mind a Venn diagram, right? Uh, one of those one of those circles is Tennessee hiring a football coach. Its fans don't want. Another circle here is that coach has something in his background that is potentially bad. You know what's going to touch both of those? Uh, you know what's going to touch both of those things in the Venn diagram? Vol Twitter. How did they not see this was possible? Now, they probably couldn't have seen it getting to the level it got to with state politicians and, and all the other stuff. But to not think that it was possible that they were going to hire – you were going to hire a coach they didn't want, first off, and then second, that that coach had something in his background that they could exploit, and he didn't think they would possibly do it. The man's on social media. He understands. He understands. To me, that's just – that's just – man, that's naive is what it is. And that that's what disappoints me, I think, is that it's beyond just being a bad move, it's just naive. And that that's the kind of thing that when you hear naive and athletic director put together, that's not a great combination of things.
1: I mean, when you miss on a football coach, every time you miss, you have less margin for error in your next coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lane Kiffin to Derek Dooley to Butch Jones. Those are three swings and misses. Butch rebuilt the roster and, and did some things to get some life back in the program, but it's still a swing and a miss when you go four, I mean, and, right eight, into the ground. four and eight, no and eight in year five. Um, you just can't swing and miss here. And there's no way Shiano was, people want to say, a home run hire. No. If anybody thought that was a really good hire, what I don't know what you're. And there's a
2: lot of football people and national media people that have claimed that they think he is a good coach.
0: Yeah, he's got. He's. I got a lot of friends in the national media. I'm telling you, there's no way in my mind that Shiano doesn't have them on retainer because they have been pimping him from the beginning of this. That's, and that's, everywhere they, they won't pimp him for him. another job.
1: Yes, that's what doesn't make sense. Arkansas is open. A and open. Arizona State's open. Uh, Florida State could be open uh, soon. Nobody's. I mean, if, if Shiano's a candidate, that's going to be pretty big news because it's nowhere outside of Tennessee where he was targeted like that.
0: And you see that he, from his time in the NFL that obviously he got to know the Peter Kings and Albert Breers and those guys because even they are jumping all over this in terms of how wrong Tennessee is. And i got to tell you, I don't agree. Now, do I agree that Tennessee fans went too far? Absolutely I do. Do I think Tennessee fans were wrong in general with their just vitriolic hate of this hire? No, I don't. I don't. And I'm a little bit disappointed because I think a lot of good friends, a lot of good friends, a lot of people that I know, a lot of acquaintances, a lot of people I respect a lot have really, I think, shown their backsides in this coverage. And I don't, you know, I know that it's tough to do the jobs that they do where you got to know supposedly everything that's going on everywhere. So you're never really an expert anywhere, even though you're supposed to be an expert everywhere. I can't imagine how difficult that is. I've just had to cover a league before, and, man, that was difficult enough. I mean, Multiply that times 10.
1: The national media perspective is the people on the sidewalk outside of Neyland Stadium on Sunday got this thing killed. No, that's not the case. I mean, the Tennessee Fund's phones were blown up all Sunday afternoon. UT Athletic Department phones were blown up all Sunday afternoon because people were upset with the prospect of bringing Greg Ciano into this situation. Uh, not necessarily because of Penn State stuff, because of, he's just not the right coach. Uh, n- not that successful, not, not that much of a home run. I don't know who all from the Tennessee side was on board with
0: this. Had to be somebody powerful.
1: Yes, but I do know there there were people, name-on-building kind of people, that weren't happy with it. A ton of uh, those senior associate ADs that were polled on or sourced on Shiano on before all that they weren't happy about it i mean utad personnel were basically kept in the dark sunday afternoon when all that was going down when curry was in columbus i mean this is not and former players were almost unanimously well, they were it. they
0: were apoplectic
1: and that wasn't just i mean a lot of them s- voiced that on social media but others were communicating with them with with each other behind the scenes this is not just an, an angry protest and a social media mob that was trying to get this deal killed this was a lot of people at the University of Tennessee, former players, boosters, uh, current
0: employees who were not pleased with this that got this killed. And before we move on to the next, uh, what Tennessee needs to do next or is doing next in this search, I will say this. I don't pretend to know this with any degree of certainty, but I've talked with enough people and I've heard enough to where I think – I'm not saying that John Curry is on the safest ground imaginable, but he was the first hire by Tennessee's new chancellor, our Tennessee Knoxville's new chancellor, and, and I think that, and I think that that's something that I think I think she I think she wants to keep him. I really do because I think it looks really bad on her if it's not. So I, I, I with all the instability they've had lately, that you're kind of in a lose lose situation here. But you know if you're if Beverly Davenport says she got Curry wrong, then that's sort of like. The president
1: saying he got Davenport wrong.
0: Yeah, or that's sort of like Curry getting Shiano wrong. Like, wait, if you're going to fire this person for making a really bad hire, why would why would it be okay for you to keep your job after making a really bad hire? So I think that there's a lot, and I've also heard that there is a legal reason that if Shiano, if this Shiano mess gets legal, you want Curry to still be at Tennessee so he will be have a vested interest in defending Tennessee in the issue. So there's a at least two really strong reasons why I suspect that John Curry ain't going anywhere.
1: And there's the possibility that, that Curry stays and he loses some kind of power in the search, that certain aspects of the search are going to be handled by other people uh, within the athletic department. I mean, that's the stuff that, we're probably never going to know because nobody's ever going to talk about it. But, I mean, you can stay the AD in name and, and stay through this search and stay through the new football coach and new staff until they're in place and then see what happens from there. But but when you have a early signing period less than four weeks away uh, that's changing how these searches happen, how quickly they're expedited, you can't also be in the market for an AD. You can't have that many moving pieces uh, at once, when it's such a crossroads for this Tennessee football program, they they can't just keep getting these football hires wrong because you just dig yourself uh, in a deeper hole every time.
0: Well, and and you you don't know if maybe there were some, at least a couple of prominent big money people who were almost forcing Curry's hand on this to begin with. So you've got a whole lot of palace intrigue right now, and I get that, but... You know, we'll have to wait and see where all that goes. The the rest of this episode, guys, we're going to be looking at what Tennessee can do from here, what Tennessee's trying to do, what Tennessee should be doing from this point. So with the way things are right now, we can report that there are lots of reports out there that Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State's beautifully mulleted head football coach (laughs) of a Baker's dozen years, uh, taking them to 12 consecutive bowl games, uh, winning his coaching program history. He's a man. He's 50 now. Uh, the guy. He's
1: a native son at his school. A former yes. quarterback
0: coaching at his school. Which doesn't that make you think that Tennessee to even get in a room with him is offering enough money to get his attention on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, if Tennessee's able to finish this search by getting Gundy and pulling him out of Oklahoma State, I mean that would be a pretty impressive coup. Uh, I mean, we, we heard some of the numbers that Tennessee was throwing around with um, a guy like, you know, the crude numbers were out there. I think Mullen got $6 million from Florida. So you're probably in that ballpark if you were going to get him if you were Tennessee. Uh, it's probably going to take a lot more than six to get Gundy, but he would probably be worth it given whatever his record is at Oklahoma State.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that if you're able to get in the room with a guy like that after a situation like you've had the past couple of days – boy, you're trying to throw money at a problem, and I respect that (laughs) because if you're Tennessee right now and you want to salvage this thing and you want to go compete against the hires that your competitors have made and are going to make, you have got to go throw money at it now. This might be, I don't want to say blessing in disguise, but if this forces Tennessee to go throw ridiculous money at somebody, if it forces their hand, then it's a really embarrassing moment that's like you know a burnout at a forest that's good for the forest in the long run. Maybe that's the maybe that's the silver lining.
1: I mean, after Sunday, after the way I mean, you can't embarrass yourself the way they did on Sunday. Now now even if you pulled off Gundy, which by all accounts would be a home run higher for Tennessee, this yes. would be a uh, almost a best case scenario given the situation. The the first question is going to be why did you even go down that road with Shiano when this was on the table? If if this was a guy you're yes. interested in, this should have been where you were Sunday. Throwing this kind of money at him on Sunday. Yes. You, you can set the market yourself. You don't have to wait on Florida to make a move. You don't have to wait on UCLA. Uh, Texas A&M to get involved looks like they're already making a move that quickly. You can be doing this stuff on your own. Uh, go out and set the market and get this guy. If, I mean, that's, that's the mind-boggling thing. But if, if it is Gundy, if, if Gundy is that interested and it's not just him playing uh, Tennessee for his own kind of raise and extension – then that's a big deal because that's the best – that's the biggest guy out there. I mean, as long as the T. Martin stuff goes on, I mean, it feels like Tennessee's getting painted into a corner there because uh, what T. Martin did here, obviously, and what he's done as a coach, looks like he's kind of on that trajectory to be a head coach at the Power 5 level. Uh, Will it be at Tennessee or will it be at a smaller program – before he gets to the Power Five level, but there's so much chatter about T. Martin that, that you need a name like Mike Gundy to make people forget about this.
0: You're, you're, you're
1: passing on the national championship-winning quarterback being your next head coach.
0: Yeah, and I've been saying it for a while now, especially in light of what's happened on Sunday, but all's well that ends well in a coaching search. It doesn't matter what you do along the way. It doesn't matter how embarrassing it is. What And, and boy, Tennessee's trying to push the limits of that. But... I said going into this process that if I were Tennessee, I would find a whole bunch of coaches that it, it would re- require just stupid money to get, and I would go in a line, and I would ask every single one of them. It's like going to a bar, finding every 10, and asking her for her number. You might get laughed at a few times, but eventually you might get the phone number of a 10. And I would have done that if I were Tennessee, and I would have been shameless about it. But now I think when you look at it, you, you kind of have to do some stuff like that because you're going to have to throw that much money at it because coaches – they know that you're, you're kind of desperate, and the, the agent of most of those coaches, Jimmy Sexton, is a guy who knows that you're going to be kind of desperate right now. So guess what? You, you've put yourself in a position financially that's a tough one. So the only way to get out of that is to go spend money. And if a coach doesn't fit, well, then you're stuck with him. That's the risk that you take. But if you get the right hire, it doesn't matter People forget about this in a couple years. It doesn't matter if, if if they got to Mike Gundy or, or somebody like that only after they embarrassed themselves with Shiano. That won't matter in the long run. It'll be something we can laugh at, but nobody will care.
1: I mean, Mike Gundy's the only name that makes you kind of forget about what's already happened here. That's the that's the only name that allows you to kind of polish over what has been a uh, unprecedented and embarrassing search. I mean, I, I'm not sure this search could have been handled Uh, much worse from the start. But if you do end up with a guy like Mike Gundy, that restores some credibility to John Curry being able to go out and get a coach that uh, a lot of people thought you couldn't get.
0: Yeah, here's where I am on this still, and and Mike Gundy would certainly fit this category, as would maybe a couple other people Tennessee's looking at. I, I would look at this one of there's two kinds of coaches that I would want if I were Tennessee and only two kinds of coaches. If I could get both of them in one, that'd be bonus. If I could get both of them and somebody who had some ties to Tennessee, even better. That's the grand slam. But these are two things that I think Tennessee's coach needs to have, one of these two things. You either one – you better be either one, someone who does something different offensively, because I don't think you're going to do what Georgia and Bama do better than the way Georgia and Bama do it. So don't just run that same stuff they run. Go find somebody who isn't afraid to mix it up, take chances, and do some things that give athletes who wouldn't be great in a regular offense a chance to make some plays. You don't have to do it like the way Georgia Tech does it. I'm not saying something like that. I'm saying find somebody who does some innovative stuff and a guy who puts points on the board. Because you're going to have to put points on the board to beat some of these guys, I think. Uh, And you're not going to do it better than they do it. The second thing is a young absolutely tenacious, borderline dirty recruiter. (laughs) Someone who will push every rule imaginable to the breaking point without breaking it. Someone who will be aggressive, who will be energetic, who will be young, who can get kids fired up to play for him. A good, energetic recruiter slash hype man. Those are the two kinds of coaches I would want right now. If you don't check either of those boxes, to me, you're a complete no-go. Now, watch Tennessee do something else, but that's – I look at I look at those two things as you get either one that's good. You get both, that's great. You get both and has a connection to Tennessee, that's a home run, grand slam. Yeah, I don't
1: I don't think T Martin's ready.
0: I don't either. But I don't either. I don't either. But depends on who they get.
1: I agree. I don't think T Martin's ready, but I think if you hired T Martin, it instantly changes the narrative that this is University of not from here. This is a guy that's Tennessee. Uh, as much Tennessee as you're going to get in this coaching market. But I think if you get a guy like that, it instantly changes the narrative and you can give him an unthinkable salary pool for his assistants that he could build an elite staff, uh, throw stupid money at Kevin Still, get him to come from Auburn and be the associate head coach and and help T continue to develop. Uh, I think something like that changes things. But if it's not a Mike Gundy kind of name or if it's not somebody that's connected, uh, I don't think Jeff Brom's moving the needle that much. I don't think, and it's a
0: shame because he's a good football
1: coach. Yeah, yeah, but this is kind of where Tennessee has put itself.
2: Yep. Yeah, I'd, I don't. I I'd rather have T than someone like Jeremy Pruitt because, uh, I think Pruitt could recruit well. But you look at where he's been and where he's had success. It's Florida State, Georgia, and Alabama, where you can recruit at an elite level. <coughs> I don't. I don't know that you can recruit at that level. Was a, a high school Tennessee. coach,
0: though, but he knew some people down there in that part of the country.
2: And, and there's some upside there with Pruitt, I think too. But but T, if, if you hire T. Uh, as you guys said, I, I would like. I would, if I was Tennessee, I'd prefer that he goes and coaches somewhere at a smaller program. I know he be reportedly interviewed for Georgia Southern. That job's been filled.
1: South Alabama,
2: South Alabama, I guess is an be a good spot. an option for him. Yeah. He's from Alabama, from right? From Mobile, yeah. Exactly. So, they should be hashtag bring bring T home down there instead of in Knoxville. Anyways, um, but you know, if he got a couple of really solid coordinators. Veteran coordinators, I think he, you know, he'd be a guy too that that would probably have a longer leash from Tennessee because he's because of what he did as a player and, and the support he would undyingly have from from a lot of a lot of a lot of places.
0: Yeah, because I, I got the sense, and I spoke with several former players between Sunday and now, and those guys weren't just upset; those guys weren't just bothered, perturbed, irritated. Those guys were just like fuming. They were foaming at the mouth, angry about this. And you know what happens when those guys, not all of them, but you know what happens with those guys in general when they're not happy? You know what they're going to say every time? Get somebody in the family. Somebody in the family will fix this. And if you get someone in the family, you placate that group of people. And I'm not saying that you have to make a move because it placates that group of people. What I am saying is, is that if you can find someone who meets your criteria and does have that sort of knowledge of Tennessee or experience at Tennessee, then you will placate that group of people and they will not be a problem for you for a while. And that group of people, who by the way, have 100% earned their right to opine on anything and everything Tennessee football related, just because they're a former player, even at the NFL level, does not mean they know better, know more about what Tennessee needs than anybody else does, but it means that everybody should listen to them. At the very least, it means everybody should listen to them because sometimes they know. Players know what coaches are real. Players know what players are real. So I think they deserve to be heard every time. And I think Tennessee's done, an, an, <clears throat> frankly, an inadequate job uh, recently of listening to those guys. But just because they're clam- clamoring for somebody in the program – or within the family, so to speak, I don't think that means that's necessarily necessarily the answer. But I know that if you get somebody outside the family and it becomes a bit of a tough road to hoe at the beginning, those people are gonna be furious and they're gonna be causing you problems and they're gonna be instigating, you know, getting the getting the thing ready for another coaching change in two or three years. So, you're kind of in a difficult and position. Here. Change. Yeah, because those people have said, and this was the refrain that I kept hearing, and I heard it from, gosh, probably a handful of them over the past few days. It was listen, we gave these guys a chance to go fix this outside the family, and they tried to bring in that bleeping bleeper. And they've done, they tried to do that. They embarrassed us no more. They, basically, what I kept hearing was go get cut, go get tea, I don't care, keep it in the family.
1: Yeah, if if I mean if it's not a Tennessee person that's hired, it's it's swing and miss is not an option. Yes. And if there's not a ton of interest in T from Tennessee side of things, if T, T wants this job, you better handle it the right way. Uh, you better handle it the respectful way. Uh, wh- whatever the best way to handle it, you you can't mess up that
0: the the optics surrounding. Yeah, but I'm not sure if it'd be worth better to ignore or or just to tell. I, don't, them. I mean, is it better to tell them straight up you're not interested, or is it better to go give him a token interview and let it see? Because I, I I think it might be worse to give him a token interview. We'll
1: try to get him on the staff of whoever takes they've the tried, job. They've tried that. That's true. I, I don't know. I don't know the best way to handle it, but you can't handle it the way Tennessee has traditionally handled things in the past, which is pretty poorly.
0: I laid out the best case scenario what I thought for Tennessee would be in that situation. And that would have been if you could convince David Cutcliffe to leave, tell him that he can come back home. He's going to retire and move and live in Knoxville anyway. This is what he considers home. Tennessee, Knoxville, this is his home. Where his kids were raised, this is home for him. And if you could bring him back for a few years and you pay T. Martin almost head coach money to be the head coach in waiting, the offensive coordinator, the associate head coach, then you get a situation where T. is getting to learn from – One of the best offensive minds I've ever seen on a consistent basis, day after day, while T also gets to go recruit and develop contacts, get himself re-familiar with people in the state, and he can make himself better as a coach, and he can lay the groundwork as a recruiter. And that is something I think you could probably sell to T, but that would be contingent upon Cutcliffe wanting to come back home, and I just keep getting every impression that he does not want to do that. Yep. That I think he likes where he is. He wants to retire and finish coaching there, and then move back to Knoxville and be a retired guy. Maybe he'll do some media stuff. Maybe he'll do some radio work like Doug Matthews does. You know, maybe he'll just sit, maybe he'll just go be an offensive consultant somewhere. You know, I, I don't know. But I think that would have been maybe the best case scenario for Tennessee to dig itself out of this mess. But that's not possible now. It doesn't look like so. Now you're going to have to look outside. And and I think if if they could get someone like Mike Gundy, boy, that checks off both boxes. He's not young, but he has the energy of a young man. He has that sort of appeal to players, guys like him. He was a former player. You know, he's got some personality to him. He's not afraid to have that ridiculous haircut. He's funny. He's he's personable. Uh, That could work. Plus, we all know offensively, those guys put up so many points all the time. And I think he knows. I think he knows Gillespie too, and he might be able to keep Gillespie on the staff. That would be huge.
2: I mean, looking at looking at his track record, it's it's impressive. I mean, you're talking uh, one one Big Twelve Coach of the Year. He he's won in a separate year was a, a national Coach of the Year according to two. Uh, I assume that the Bear Bryant and Greg Robinson awards are pretty pretty renowned uh, and pretty uh, impressive. And um, you know, ten win seasons a lot over the last over the second half of his tenure and. You know they won the Big Twelve. Lots of you know only only in his first season did Oklahoma State not go to a bowl game. So you're talking about consistent, sustained success at a program that um it's there, there's some history there, but it's not it's not Oklahoma. You know it, it's sort of the the number two in that state. It's the
0: Auburn, the Mississippi State,
2: and it's a, and it's a state that isn't cranking out a whole bunch of talent. Robert Meacham would disagree.
0: But you're going down to Texas and getting
2: guys. yeah, but you're going down to Texas and all, and all those things. So or
0: Tennessee in some cases.
2: Yeah, and you know, you've know you got Jalen McCleskey's kid who's playing well for you. But not I mean, it, this they, is they, a situation. They did, and they did pluck a kid out of Carnes a couple
1: years ago, with by the way. With a coach like Gundy. Go Beavs. Who can do what he can do with quarterbacks. Be for life. This roster would set up for Gundy to win right away. Maybe not win at an elite level, but Tennessee would not be a bad football team, I don't think. No, it, It's not five and seven, hope for six and six kind of rebuild. If, if you get a guy that's done it as long as Gundy's done it and has been as successful as he's been, you're stepping into a situation where you're talking like eight wins, you're one, and, and see what happens from there.
0: Yeah, and the only thing is, is with... I mean, it's a
1: stupid tough schedule next season. Yeah, it is. With it... West Virginia and Auburn coming onto
0: the schedule and,
1: you know, all the other regulars.
0: Hey, and you'd be hiring a guy who knows West Virginia pretty darn well yeah. <laughs> from the conference. So, you know, I, I think that... If you're Gundy, it's not just that you're taking a chance sort of long-term, you know, with the move like going to Tennessee. You're also risking the fact that you're a legend right now in Stillwater. You could stay there the rest of your life. You could be the mayor. You could be, you know, what Barry Switzer is to Oklahoma, something like that. Or in a way like, what you know, what Phillip Fulmer is to Tennessee, what Steve Spurrier is to Florida, that kind of thing. If you go leave them for another coaching job – you might not be able to retire back home one day and and do that because you know imagine tennessee fans you know someone leaves them for oh i don't know southern cal and they th- they feel like it's a lateral move why would you do that and that affects your relations for the rest of your life there so yeah, I mean, I, I think that's, that's a tough situation because if he, if he went and took, like, an NFL job, he could always come back to Stillwater and be a hero still. If he leaves for Tennessee, then he might be irritating some people. So there are other names out there. You know, Brom from, from Purdue is, is certainly there, and I think he's a guy whose resume is pretty darn good. Uh, he's someone that I think if Tennessee ended up with him after all it's been through in this search, that's a win.
1: He could also be someone that's willing to sit tight at Purdue and wait for the Louisville job to come open and take the Louisville job because that's where he came from.
0: Yep. That's absolutely true. Uh, And the problem here with the coordinators, guys, real quick, is that I keep hearing from people across the country that there is just not an – like, I'm not saying that they're an unimpressive group of coordinators, but they're not an especially impressive group of young rising star coordinators. You know, your Tom Hermans, your your Durkins, your, you know, Kirby Kirby Smarts, all those guys. Like, you're not – there's nobody at that level, and there are – as best I can tell, there are red flags with uh, Venables because no one's touching him. And with that resume, the only reason no one's touching him is there's red flags. And I've heard that there are some there. No need to dig into the man's personal life on that. But, yeah, there's some red flags there from what we've heard. And uh, there were also, some, I think, some potential flags with Norvell that, that, that some people at Tennessee were just didn't like. Uh, so beggars can't be choosers at this point, but – there, there aren't a lot of real super coordinators out there, so it's probably going to be a head coach. And if it's going to be a head coach, you're looking at realistically a pretty small number of people. I mean, they might have to go back in on guys that, that they would not have gone to the first round. They might have to do that.
1: I mean, even Dave Dorian's name's been uh, mentioned,
0: North Carolina State's coach. And he just took the, the best team State's had in years and did not have a good year with them. Eight and four. I mean, but... Lost, that, to,
1: lost
2: to the claw fence.
0: That team should have been... Yeah, you know, if, if Dave Clawson had not spent that one season at Tennessee, he'd be a heck of a candidate for that job. Can yeah. we, can we, we can agree on that, can't we? Especially at this point. I mean, Tennessee's put itself in a... Hey, Fulmer leading a search that brings in Clawson. There's a track right there that's a, that's guaranteed success. <laughs> Isn't it?
1: Tennessee has uh, has put itself in a situation here that only Tennessee could
0: think of. Guys, any final thoughts before we get out of here on the search? I know I have a feeling this will not be our final podcast on the search.
1: I need it to be over so my kids can remember what my name is or I can remember what my kids' names are. Either way. Either way. Lily and Theo. They don't know what my name is. The stranger that keeps sitting in the house staring at his computer. Who is that? Why does he always have
0: a hoodie on? What's he hiding? What's going on there?
1: All legit questions.
0: They're fair. I'd like for people in my family to know who I am again. We will be back later in the week, guys. We'll have a, as usual, we'll have a a Rucker and Ramey Hoops podcast. The Rucker and Ramey Show brought to you by a sponsor not yet named.
1: Arby's. They're on board. They just bought Buffalo Arby's.
0: Perfect. Rucker and Ramey Basketball Power Hour brought to you by Arby's. Eat roast beef. They have the meats. Even though they're not an official sponsor. They have Danny Parker. Patrick, any final thoughts? Nah. We'll be back later in the week, guys. Patrick, you sure you don't have any final thoughts?
1: Nope.